Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode, we're talking through a simple question. Are you too close to your business? And all the biases and blind spots that come with that, we're talking through how to be more efficient, more focused, and get better results. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Welcome back. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Thanks for checking out the show. I really appreciate it. If you're not familiar with the Good Advice Podcast, this is, in my opinion, the best resource if you're an entrepreneur, startup founder, business owner, uh, even if you're a manager who's trying to figure out how to lead better. We cover all of those topics and more right here on the show. And really what I enjoy about the podcast is there's not a lot of fluff on the podcast. We really just dive into the honest, meaningful, practical, and tangible things that you need to be worried about when it comes to actually running your business. So a quick disclaimer, you're probably going to maybe hear my child in the background, Um, you know, those work from home uh, joys. And uh, so just know it's not a um, dog in a closet somewhere. It's just my child probably beating on the door wanting to know where her dad is. So all that to say, uh, once again, so glad to have you watching the show today. Thanks for checking it out. And I hope today is encouraging for you. I hope it's helpful for you because many of us know that feeling of being so passionate about our business and yet being like, oh my gosh, what the heck do I need to be doing to actually grow this thing, to actually make this thing work out, pan out? And I think a lot of times, you know, we have like this thought process thought process of, I don't want to be one of those statistics, right? I don't want to be um, one of the business owners who failed. And I can relate with that, uh, especially since I'm giving advice on business ownership. I especially understand that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, wherever you are in your business, I hope that today you are able to walk away with some actual tangible ideas for what to do next with your business. So thinking about our conversation today, what I wanted to talk about is really this simple question. It's, are you too close to your business? And I sent out a newsletter this morning. Uh, Every Monday or Tuesday, I send out a weekly newsletter. It's called, Here's This Week's Good Advice. And I just basically, you know, whatever's top of mind, I say, hey, here's what you need to know. And what I sent out um, last week was a newsletter on the great resignation. It was like, yeah, this is something that's going on right now. It's really important to my customers. It's important to many of the listeners on the show. And so let's write about that. Well, today, we're not talking so much about leadership and management, but we are talking about something that, especially as people in some circumstances are tightening their belts, they're being a little bit more mindful of how do they want to spend their money, um, which may or may not actually be true. I mean, I'm, I'm probably only thinking of certain people, 
um, that I've talked to and that I know um, who said as much. But it's it's now more important than ever to be mindful of really what do your customers want from you? What do they want from you? What do they expect when they buy from you? And I've been thinking over in my head, I've kind of been turning over this concept of, you know, ultimately what, what do I offer my customers of good advice? The business owners who eventually buy from me, what is their experience like? And I've been thinking about it a lot lately because I've, you know, naturally we're coming towards the end of the year. And I, I don't know if you typically act this way, but for me, as soon as like the Christmas decorations start to go up, um, which we are decorating for Christmas tonight, um, which is not even Thanksgiving yet. But I think for us, it's kind of like Christmas is such a fun holiday because you get to see family. You get to see family, especially because of COVID, maybe family you haven't seen in a while. And so for us, we were thinking, you know, let's get decorations up a little bit earlier this year so we can really enjoy it um, and just, you know, enjoy that time together. Well, so as soon as like those boxes start coming out, I'm naturally thinking of what comes next after Christmas, what comes next after December. And that is January. It's the next month, right? And, you know, what does everyone know about January? New Year's resolutions, right? And, uh, you know, there's plenty of thoughts around that. There's plenty of jokes around, you know, how many gym memberships are going to be purchased this next year. I think gym owners probably salivate at the idea of that next January. You know, how do we lock people in for another year? But so for you and I, you know, maybe you've started thinking about what's going to happen next year and what are you going to focus on? So for me, I've been thinking a lot about, okay, we, we just wrapped up um, the third year of good advice uh, just this last month. So we're in year four now. And I've been thinking, okay, where do I want this business to go? What do I want to happen to it? And how do I grow this thing in a way that is meaningful and matches up with my goals? And so part of that conversation has been with myself is envisioning what good advice is in my head in terms of all of its greatness, all of the things I love about it, um, the things that I think make it valuable. And so like I park that image of good advice, you know, I think of like if I'm sitting at a table, like I set that image at the other end of the table and then I sit mentally on the other side of the table and I begin to think about, okay, all those things that I envision to be true about good advice, what is actually true about good advice? What's actually true? And I think this is an interesting distinction because a lot of times what we do is it's like, okay, I, I love my business so much, but we, we don't always have that honest, open perspective about our business. You know, ultimately I'm talking about blind spots. We have blind spots for our business. I have blind spots for my business. And I think about the times that I've sat down with business owners who were really proud of their product or service. And so we sit down and they say, you know, my customers love my product. They love it. They adore it. They think it's so amazing. And I say, that's great. Tell me more about that. And they say, oh, it's just, it's, it's so much better than the competitor, what they're offering. Um, no one's, this is my favorite. No one is doing what we're doing, uh, which it, it almost, I kind of wonder, like, you know, I hear this so often. How can everyone be doing something no one else is doing? 
But so they say, you know, no one's doing what we're doing. And so I start to ask questions. I start to not necessarily poke holes because I'm actually curious, but I start to ask questions like, okay, your customers love it. How many customers do you have? Or, um, you know, your customers love it. What, what kind of feedback have they actually given you? You know, rather than, rather, ran, rather than like the random one-off um, anecdotal, you know, the customer is walking out of your store or just bought from you and is like, yeah, this is great. Thank you. You know, we don't like conflate it out to be something like um, they told me I changed their life. And it's like, no, they said, thanks. <laughs> but I start to ask questions like, hey, what 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 did they actually tell you? What kind of feedback? I mean, do you have surveys? Do you have testimonials? Do you have Google reviews? I mean, let's talk more about this. And sometimes people have that stuff on hand. They say, yeah, check out these reviews we've gotten or check out our survey data or they point to their revenue. I have a customer right now who she says, Our, my customers love me. And she just points to her calendar and says, I'm, I'm booked out through the end of the year. I'm booked out for the next two months. So, I mean, the proof is right there. It's like, yeah, my customers love me so much that for a service that I offer in a short-term way, I have a long-term booking of people who are lining up to use my service. And so things like that is like the very real tangible, okay, yes, I can see that you are, um, you know, that you are uh, highly uh, appreciated by your customers. What often happens though in these conversations is I start to ask these questions. I say, well, tell me about your customers. And I get responses like, ah, oh, well, you know, I don't really have that many customers. I have one customer and it's my uncle. And really, they told me to keep whatever I had. They just, you know, said count it as a sale. But really, it was a donation or it was a soft investment in the business. And so you start to see these gaps in the data, the gaps in the proof of what they're saying. And you start to realize that we have a really hard time with being objective. And I think part of this is because business ownership is so freaking hard. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I read a post, uh, the other day, um, take a sip of coffee. I read a post the other day where, um, someone was posting like a, a graphic of like the steps of entrepreneurship. And it was like the person, like it was a stick figure. They were like, hands up, like, yay. <laughs> and then it was like one more, um, one step later and the hands were down and they were like working. And then it was one step more and then they were like, you know, shoulders slumped and then it was one step more and they were like down, like sitting down, like kind of like winded. And then it was one step more and they were like, you know, in like child pose, <laughs> you know, like tears, like whatever. And then it was one step more and it was like, you know, them standing back up and being like, okay, I can do this. And this is such a, um, this is such a concept, it's such a graphic that evokes a something that many of us can understand. I can understand it. And frankly, many business owners that I've spoken to, probably the majority of business owners I've spoken to can really relate with that. Running a business is incredibly challenging. It's incredibly challenging because first of all, there's plenty of stuff that's out of your control. Uh, there is a luck and a timing element that comes with running your business. You know, um, 
And we've talked on the show before about, um, I even had a guy who came on the show who started a grocery to your door delivery service about five, six, seven years ago and didn't go anywhere. Well, he and I talked uh, in the last year or so and he was like, man, if I had had that business going right now during COVID, imagine what would have happened to it. So there is a luck and timing element to it, which, you know, some people who are a bit obnoxious would say, no, it has nothing to do with that. It does. It does. And then there is this absolute mental game of getting in front of people and pitching yourself, promoting yourself, promoting your business and saying, you know, please buy from me. <laughs> Tell me if this is valuable. And some people are very open and honest. Some people are incredibly harsh. Um, I had one guy who I'll, um, I remember I gave some advice and it was on like social media and it was like literally one of the first times that I had taken my expertise. This would have been like in the first months of the business, but someone asked a question that I had an answer for. I knew the answer. And so I was like, okay, yeah, uh, this is what you need to do. And someone replied and said, you should delete this. This is terrible advice. This is bad advice. And was sort of like ripping on my name. Good advice. Uh, but he was like, delete this and save thousands of entrepreneurs the misery of following your perspective. And I think about that scene from Billy Madison where the guy gives Adam Sandler gives the answer to a question and the judge, he's like in this competition, the judge who's handling, um, evaluating the answers says, uh, no, not only are you wrong, um, but basically may God have mercy on your soul <laughs> and just like rips this guy. And Adamson is like, okay, a simple no would have worked, but <laughs> sure, whatever. And I remember thinking of that of like, I was like, yeah, okay, uh, a simple I disagree would have worked. Well, this person like totally ripped me and was like, you know, you're an idiot. You're ruining people's lives. Don't ever say this stuff ever again. And I had to basically get up after that, get up off the floor and be like, yeah, I have something of value. I have customers who really appreciate what I'm doing. Yada, yada, yada. You get the whole point. Point that I'm getting at is that there is this grueling mental game of running a business, especially as you get to the point of like managing employees, especially if you're on a natural leader, which we like to make leadership this very sexy, natural born thing. Not at all true. Anyone can be a great leader, but many of us are not naturally gifted at it. So that is total BS. If you've heard that we have to learn and acquire the skill set, just like you would have a skill set with anything, by the way. And so we've all been through that. We know the stress and pain of, okay, I have payroll coming up. Like, how do I manage my cash flow? Like, what does this look like? Um, the pure management of the business. So if you get to a certain size, you're no longer daily thinking about the next customer. You're now thinking of the business as an entity. And it's like, how do I manage this, this living, breathing thing? Like, how do I get my hands around this and really shape and form it as a brand more than just like the daily work that I'm doing? So all of this can be really tiring and be really painful. And this is, by the way, this is the longest version of how I could have answered what I was about to say. It's, it's incredibly tiring. It's incredibly painful. And many of us can understand that. So this is what this graphic was showing. Well, um, someone replied and was like, uh, I've never had this problem. Entrepreneurship is so easy to me. It's, pff, it's, 
has anyone else had this issue? And a couple of people replied and was like, yeah, entrepreneurship is cake. And if you spend any time on Facebook, by the way, you'll see like these ads constantly of, and it's like, it's, it's, it's dribble. It's, it's total like, um, entrepreneurship pornography, basically where someone posts and says, um, you know, I never imagined my life would look like this six weeks ago when I was waiting tables. Now, as an eight figure earner, I finally can make the decision. I mean, it's very much like, okay, really? Um, and I, you know, it's funny as I've seen some of these things before and I saw one person who posted something like this and I was like, I know you and I know you've been working on this business for like five years. Like, why are you saying it's been two months like that? I was like, what? But so people, you know, it, that's kind of what, what this comment reminded me of. And, and so a lot of times you have these people who, um, you know, they, they, <laughs> what they put out does not match reality. But all is to say, you know, many of us know the pain of, yeah, I told like that whole story, by the way, just to say entrepreneurship is hard and many of us know that pain. Um, and if you're going to be obnoxious about it, I guess, you know, go ahead. But running a business can be really hard and we know that pain. We know that struggle. So when it comes to solving the problems of your business and more importantly, thinking about that concept of objectivity or getting your hands around the business, it can be really challenging. You know, we are business owners who were passionate about our product. We love our product. And it can be hard to have an honest perspective of this is what's actually broken in my business. It's hard for me too. at good advice. Like as someone who is in the business of helping other people grow their business, it can be hard not to be honest, but to help someone in a productive way, see it from another perspective. And I think about a business owner who, I think of a, a few examples, actually. I think about a business owner who was losing sales, bleeding customer numbers. And I pointed out a couple of things where he had gotten some very negative feedback. And he basically said, oh, I don't care about any of that. If they don't like it, they can go somewhere else. And I remember thinking like, that is why we're having this conversation is because they're going somewhere else. Like that is the whole point of our conversation right now. So yeah, they, they are going somewhere else. And I think about other conversations I've had with people where I've had people who they've shown me their product and they've said, oh, this, my product is so much better than the competitor. And then I ask, well, have your customers said that? Have your customers told you that it's so much better? And I had one person who was like, well, no, but I just, I just know it is. And it's like, yeah, but you were biased. <laughs> you know, you are all in on this. So naturally you think that, do your customers think that? So navigating blind spots and like getting to this point of being objective, I think it's a natural struggle for many of us because we, we, we believe in our business so much and we want to believe in the future of it. You know, no one, it's, it's kind of like marriage. Like when somebody gets married, no one says, at least I don't think anyone says, you know, yeah, I'm going to try this on for five years, but and th I think in five years, I'm going to get divorced. No one says that. No one's like, yeah, in five years, I think, you know, I've, I've marked it on the calendar and I think I'm done. Like literally in the vows or whatever gets recited, it's, you know, till death do us part, right? For richer or poorer. And so this is what gets said. And the same thing happens when we, when we step into this new relationship with our business of, 
it's big. You're envisioning bigger and better. You know, maybe you you left a job that was paying really well, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna t- take a step out in faith, and I envision this thing being something meaningful and great. And so we do this and hope for the best, right? So no one starts a business thinking or hoping that it's going to fail one day. And we all have these aspirations for it. And I think because of that, we're too close to it. You know, we wake up in the middle of the night sweating over the success of our business. Is it going to make it? Is it going to do it? You know, when COVID hit, there were a lot of restaurant owners who were sweating at night thinking about, will I be able to pay for the lease tomorrow? Will I be able to pay for uh, the products that I'm bringing in? And it was a tough time. And so many of us were so passionately tied to the business that when an outside perspective gets offered to us, it can be really easy to dismiss it. It can be easy to be like, no, 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 no. And actually, one of my favorite things is when um, you know I see, I see this happen sometimes like where, cause I go to a ton of different entrepreneurial events. I go to a lot of different networking events and someone will like promote their product and I'll see it like happen casually where the person is like not really getting it or rather I shouldn't say it that way. They get it. They just don't see the point of it. And so they're like, okay, so like what, like what? And the person's like, okay, you just didn't get it. Um, and I've even had this conversation where I've, again, not trying to poke holes, but just curious being like, well, so like, how does that work with your customers? And like, who are your customers? And, you know, one of my favorite things is like asking who are your customers? And someone says, well, everyone, everyone's my customer, you know, send anyone who could use it my way. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, like 7 billion people aren't your customer. Right. And so I've even had these conversations where the person will be like, oh, Blake, you just, you just don't get it. That's okay. Or I've heard this described in a way where um, they're talking about people who didn't buy and they say, oh, those weren't our customers anyway. And it's like, okay, well, not everyone cannot be your customers. There has to be a customer somewhere. And so we're so passionately tied to the product or the service that it keeps us from being the objective leader we need to be to understand that, hey, our business may need to pivot. It may need to go a different direction. I had Scott Miller on the podcast a few weeks back and um, an incredible person. He was the CMO with um, Franklin Covey. and does, does a lot of stuff right now just out in uh, the social media world in terms of just great content he's putting out. But one of the things he mentioned was how so often it's easy for leaders to, even like in a management role, to lay out strategy and be like, this is what we're doing And their internal customers, their employees say, this doesn't really make sense. This doesn't really line up with what our jobs look like on a day-to-day basis. And the manager or the leader says, well, that's what we're doing. Like That's what we're sticking to, even though it's basically failed from the start. So my encouragement to you is to seek out objectivity in your business, to be ruthless in finding those blind spots and eliminating them. You know, I've been always been a very sarcastic person. At some point when I was younger, I had to realize where's the line between sarcasm being funny and sarcasm being obnoxious. And it took me finding that blind spot and seeing it and seeing the hurt that I had caused other people to be like, okay, I need to develop myself more. I need to grow myself more. In the same way, you should be ruthless in gathering customer feedback gathering other perspectives, 
you know, listening when someone says that doesn't, that one part of your business doesn't quite make sense. Being open and honest enough to say, yeah, why, why do I do it that way? You know, it's, it's like turning the whole, which it's interesting how like we on like social media or like entrepreneurial circles or what have you, we love to rip on the saying of that's how we've always done it. And yet many of us day after day after day out of habit, we'll get up, we'll go to our office and we will do the same unproductive, inefficient things for our business that really it's, it's, they're, they're taking the business nowhere, but it's so inclined into what we think we need to do or those habits we've built or some random person we, you saw them doing it. And so it was like, well, I have to do it. Then we never stop to think, okay, why do I do this? And does it actually make sense? Like that's the whole premise of pushing back on uh, that's what we've always done is realizing that there might be a better way, a faster way, a smarter way, a more efficient, productive way, a way that's likely better for your customers at the end of the day. So understanding that, how do you be more objective? How do you seek out those blind spots? Well, the most obvious one is you have to be candid and direct in gathering customer feedback, internal and external. You know, your internal customers are your employees or the people who are buying in on the vision, on the brand of the company. So their opinion matters, uh, especially nowadays. You can't just replace them if you don't like their opinion on the product. And uh, I remember I sat down with a guy who was um, an executive at a, a, it was like a meat packaging uh, product. And I was like, so tell me what's great about your business. And he was like, um, we sell half pound deli meats in a six inch plastic tray. And I was like, okay. And he goes, that's it. <laughs> I was like, okay, so you probably aren't that bought in, I guess. So your internal customers, absolutely. Their opinions matter. Their perspectives matter. But then especially your external customers. And I've seen this handled a couple of ways. I've seen people get that negative feedback where they say, oh, well, they weren't our customer anyway. And it's like, yes, they were. And they're giving you information that you need to use and apply. I've also seen it where someone doesn't knock it out of the park with a customer and they say, we're just not going to ask that customer what they think. We're not going to send the survey to that person. Or I've seen like two stacks of surveys where it's like the large stack and the small stack. And they're like, well, these are the surveys we don't really go through because we know they're not very positive. Even though that's probably the gold mine, it's probably more informative than the the stack that effectively just strokes your ego, you know, yeah, I just feel so good about myself reading this one. So being direct and asking for that. Oh, and by the way, the third thing that I see is, um, you know, people just avoid feedback entirely. You know, I'm just going to hope that enough customers are showing up to keep the lights on. And so for me personally, every customer I work with, I ask them, I ask them several questions, but I ask them specifically about the results did you get what we said you would get? Was the result what we talked about you getting? Yes or no? Um, and if not, where where is that? And there's and there's it's it's more complicated than I'm making it sound, but um, for the sake of the this example, so I ask, did you get what you paid for? And then I ask, in terms of what you paid, was it worth the money? And they very candidly tell me yes or no. Um, I ask things like, would you do business with me again? Would you refer me to someone else or recommend me? 
would you be willing to leave a review? And I ask all these questions and it's simple so that they're not having to do an essay, but it's direct so that they're telling me very plainly good advice was a great customer, was a great person we worked with or good advice wasn't a great person we worked with or wasn't a great brand we worked with. I ask directly because I want to know, is my business doing what I think it's doing? And it goes back to that analogy I started with at the start of this conversation of that image of good advice in my head of how awesome it is, how great it is. It's freaking phenomenal. You know, we have no real competitors here. We're knocking it out of the park. We're doing so much more than everybody else, yada, yada, yada. Does that image match the reality of what my customers are experiencing? And the simple answer is either yes, they are, or no, they're not. And it's up to me if I really want to be competitive. And see, this this goes back to my example earlier about being a sarcastic person where it's like, okay, when I envision the kind of person I want to be, the kind of man I want to be, I have to become comfortable with the idea of standing in front of the mirror and realizing I need to, I need to mature that. I need to grow that. I need to develop that. And if I'm not willing to do that, then I am, I'm basically saying I am comfortable being who I am today in all my failings and flaws. And I'm not talking about like, don't be comfortable with who you are. Don't embrace your identity. I'm not talking about any of that personality stuff. I'm talking about all of us are on a journey of growth. And it's up to us to decide in terms of the legacy we want to leave, the influence we want to have, what have you, all of that is fuel for how much I want to mature and grow as a person. And the same with my business, when I envision where I want good advice to go long-term, I have to be willing to take that hard feedback where someone says, yeah, you really weren't worth the money. And I start to have to think about, okay, what where where did we mess this up? Where did the delivery of services not line up with what you experienced? And I have to take that and I have to internalize it and I have to not let it destroy my um, confidence in what I do. And I have to get up tomorrow and tweak the business and make it better. That is how you grow a real sustainable business. That is how you use objectivity to be the grounds of the next thing you work on with your business. And that's really the second thing about this is the other part about being objective and growing your business is developing things like strategic plans. And I, I, I hate to use that word, but yet it's such an accurate representation of your business because strategic plans forever have been the sort of throwaway document that like it's aspirational and then nothing ever happens. But like an actual living, breathing document that says, where do I want good advice to be six months from now? Where do you want your business to be six months from now? And then so then what are the things that have to happen this next month to move me one step closer to that? What are the things that have to happen next week? What are the things that have to happen today to move me closer to that? And when you, when you don't have that kind of intentionality in your business, what happens then is we rely on our impulses of what feels most important today. You know, what's the biggest fire I need to fight today? And unfortunately, it's not always a great use of our time. It's not always a productive use of our time because what seems like the biggest fire in front of us may actually not be that big of a deal when it comes to the revenue of your business. It may not be a big deal when it comes to 
a customer experience. It may just be some slight fluke that, if we're being honest, just really annoyed us personally. And it vied for our attention because we really didn't like that. Uh, and if it's not related to um, you know the biggest fire, if we don't have that intentional document, what will happen is we'll often wake up, we'll go to work, and we'll do whatever is, is habitual. I always op- start the day and I open my emails and I spend three or four hours on my emails. Well, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should only spend 30 minutes on your emails. Maybe you need to have an automated email. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> You know, but thinking through these things and being objective and tying it to that plan, that's how you start to make strategic decisions rather than just what do I want to do today, right? Uh, and then the third thing, the third way you can be more objective is hiring someone like me, having someone like good advice or really anyone, wherever you are, who can come alongside you and say, hey, this, is, this doesn't make sense in your business, I have one of probably one of my best customers right now who's effectively almost uh, tripled her revenue. We've had a lot of these conversations. Well, this is how the business works. This is what we do. This is our processes for this, this, and this. And I sit down and I say, okay, well, why do you do that? Oh, well, you know, cause someone else in my business said I needed to do it. And okay, well, why do they do it? Well, I don't know why they do it. And it's like, okay, well, so you're just doing something cause someone else told you to do it, but you don't know why they're doing it. And you also don't know why, it's actually helping the bottom line of your business. And then I kind of sit back and they're like, yeah, why am I doing this? (laughs) So these conversations can be really powerful. Sometimes, sometimes I have these conversations and the person says, you know, well, you just don't get it. You know, you just wouldn't understand. And it's like, maybe, maybe I'm not getting it. Or maybe you are addicted to this idea that you're unwilling to see another way to look at it. So wherever you are today, whatever you're doing today, my encouragement to you is to seek out that objectivity, build that plan. You can do something simple like a Google Doc, a Google Sheet. It doesn't have to be sexy or pretty, but start being intentional about your business. Start being intentional about asking your customers, what do they really think about you? And become comfortable with the answers they give you. If it's great feedback, nice job. Keep doing good work, keep helping customers. And if it's bad feedback, do better. (laughs) That's simply all there is to it. Do better, improve your product, get better, or frankly, get out of the way. If you're not willing to get better, then this isn't for you. And you need to make way for other people who are interested and frankly, addicted to solving their customers' problems. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode today, don't forget that you can continue to follow the podcast really anywhere you follow podcasts. And also don't forget if you want to support the podcast, you can do that on our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash good advice. Again, it's patreon.com slash good advice. And for those are those of you who are our Patreons, we really appreciate it. Thanks for supporting the podcast. And hey, thanks for listening today. I really appreciate you and I'll catch you later. That's today's good advice. See ya.